0: Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me tonight are Schnell and Tiege. How are you guys doing? Present and accounted for for once. <laughs> Everybody's back. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, finally back at full uh, force. <laughs> 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 hey, there he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody remembered.
1: Uh, yeah, I forgot I was going to start doing that. So
0: <laughs> I like it. That's your new tagline. <laughs> it's it's your new tagline. So. We'll just jump right into it. It's been a while since we've since we've been together in this virtual podcasting room here. Uh, we're gonna take it away with what we've been up to lately, and then the the focus of the episode tonight. Last week, Wizards spoiled the deck list for the 2019 version of the Challenger decks that are coming out. So we thought, well, I shouldn't say we, because it was Schnell's idea. Schnell had the idea that it would be fun to build these decks in Arena and play them, and kind of give everybody. A, uh, first impression if you will uh you know what works in the deck what doesn't maybe what would you splash in to improve it you know that kind of a thing we can give you a, a first-hand experience before you go out and spend uh, what's MSRP? 30 bucks I these? believe 39.99 I, I know they come in displays of eight which presumably is two copies of
2: each and I've pre-ordered like four of them with or four displays with my
0: with my distributor so yeah okay
1: I have them at twenty nine ninety
0: nine. That okay? Math checks out then. So yeah, we'll you know give you our opinion on where your money might be best spent. I guess it all depends on your play style too. But that's what this that's what this episode's on. But before we get there, let's give a little rundown of what we've been up to uh, lately. So who's the last one we heard from? I think Schnell, right? So Schnell, you. It well, it was you and me, T, okay. right? The last time that we. We did it. So, Chanel, we'll start with you. What have you been up to since the last time we talked to you?
1: Uh,
2: Well, I went on vacation, and there are no magic stores. I even did the uh, FNM Near Me search on Wizards' website, and there's nothing in Punta Cana. So, you know, <laughs> opportunities Damn. down there, guys. If you want to open up a game store in an untapped market, hope you like hope <laughs> the, you like the market. sun. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that
1: was um, even the point of going on vacation, then. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> I brought my computer just in case I wanted to play <laughs> Arena, but unfortunately i spent too much time at the beach but since coming back i've been playing more playing more modern and been running amulet titan uh this was a deck that was traded into the store and I was debating taking it apart, piecing it out, and selling it off. And I realized 99% of the deck list, I already had at least a playset in the store's inventory. So I didn't really need to piece it out right now, because if anyone wanted those cards, I already had them. Minus the Amulet of Vigor, the most important, you know, the keystone of the deck. So I've been doing a deck rental program at the store, where most often kids can just rent my Modern decks, because I've got a or I've got like three or four of them now. So that one was added to the library. I had a kid run the deck; have no idea what he was doing. Run went to time every single round in FNM, and then swore that he would never play the deck again. And having never played Amulet Titan myself, or even played against it, I've been running that, trying to learn it a little bit better. And it's been it was slow going. My first couple of matchups in playtesting were against uh, a mono black just creature kill deck and when my opponent is just constantly killing off my uh what's it called Azusa lost but seeking it gets really hard to start getting ahead on those land drops but i've started running the deck a little bit better starting learning the opening hand you definitely want an uh, amulet of vigor i didn't realize off the top my or immediately that the amulet trigger is a triggered ability and not a replacement effect so when the lands enter, they untap, and if you have multiple amulets, they untap multiple times as they resolve. So there's all sorts of tricksy shenanigans you can do that I'm slowly learning, and my win percentages have been going up with that deck over the last yeah, week and a half that I've been running it. So yeah, sounds fun. Yeah, no, it is.
1: What what uh, what colors is that deck?
2: Oh, uh, it is technically five color, but it's it's a mono green deck. It runs. Okay. Summoner's Pact playset of, Primeval Titan playset of, Azusa Lost but Seeking a playset of, there is a Sakura something something that, it's a one drop that taps, or when you tap it you can put a land in play. The variant of the deck that I have also has a Zekama Primal Calamity, which can be a fun answer to things, and because it's uh, red, white, green, you can search it out with Summoner's Pact. But the, the, the mana base is a couple of forests and then at least one or two of every single comes into play tapped, bounce a land when it comes into play, and they tap for two mana. I forget the cycle of those lands, but I think they're from the original Ravnica block. Okay. And then one of the important things I had to learn about the deck is from Innistrad, the land that comes into play untapped normally, taps for colorless or you can pay a red and a white, tap it, target creature control gains haste and plus two, plus O oh until the end of the turn. Uh, haste vigilance and plus two, plus O. Oh. That is the big win con, because you can get a prime time out real quick. When his ETB trigger resolves, you get that land and something else to uh, make sure that you can afford to do it. That way you give him haste and plus two, plus O, oh, and you swing and you get more lands and more tricks and learning.
1: Yeah, sounds neat.
2: Yeah, it's It's a lot of, it's a lot of, okay, hang on. I think I can win. I think I can win. Uh, turn four, I swing for, you know, a billion. Because one of the other lands also gives double strike, so you can, you can do a lot of damage real quick. Oh, nice. Yeah. Somebody was telling me I was running it slightly wrong that there's a, if you keep the ideal opening hand, you can cast and swing for lethal by turn three right away. But that's ideal opening hands, and those are never. I never bank on those. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the royal flush of magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck, fucker. Just stare at your hand. and Go, I'm gonna win. Do you even want to play it? <laughs> I would. I would never want to be that magic player. <laughs> just listen. Unless you've got force of will, I win. Take that, nerd. <clears throat> yeah. No. Just just running modern and uh, certain certain and buying magic cards for the shop.
0: Sweet. Sounds like a good time. What about you, Teach? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, let's see. Uh, I don't even remember the last time we got together. For uh, for a while, I was doing a lot of uh, commander stuff, uh, tweaking some decks and stuff. So right now I'm making some uh, tweaks on my Intet the Dreamer deck. Uh, I had to take out some cards to give them homes elsewhere, and now I need to fill in the slots with some stuff. Like, Sphinx of Foresight I'm popping in this deck. Oh, cool. Uh, For the scrying, the top deck manipulation. Um, Intets I really like this deck. I really do. It's it's competitive enough, but I don't think overbearingly competitive. It is essentially a combo deck, but it's not like a two-card combo deck, or one of those where if I get all the pieces on board, I automatically win. I still have to attack, and I still have to kill other people. So there's plenty of opportunities for people to interact with it. Uh, if I go off with it, it's because everyone at the table allowed me to do so. It's not <laughs> sneaky. It's, it's very blatant about it's, what the plan is.
2: It's the, you're doing um, this to yourself.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, I've been playing a lot of uh, Arena lately. I've been, uh, well, uh, on par with our uh, subject today. Uh, I built one of the Challenger decks, and I've been piloting that ever since I did uh to amazing success uh i'm really liking this deck that i built so i'm excited to talk about it um and i'm also in the middle of a draft but i forgot what i draft uh oh i remember it was a raptos deck with a little bit of a splash uh for i'm bad with card names why do i even play this game (laughs) uh i'm splashing (laughs) i'm splashing white for a final payment uh, okay, the a,
2: black white yeah. kill card sacrifice something kill something yes. yeah yep it's
1: pay five life or sack a creature or enchantment to destroy a, a creature yeah um just because I was a little light on removal and final, final payment is really good
2: oh I love that card so
1: I think I pulled two of them yeah I think yeah, I pulled a great two card. of them but I'm only running one of them because I don't want to I only want the minimal splash for the white mm-hmm. so uh, this deck. I haven't lost with yet. Uh, but I think I'm only three games in. Um, okay.
2: I'm like, Jesus, yeah, hasn't so, lost yet. Oh, okay. Three no, that's not like I'm only three games do, in. That's doable yeah. at least. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've um, I've been there at
2: least. You're not better than me.
1: <laughs> the the uh the most uh the most recent game I played was this morning with it, uh, and I mull down to five. And I was super nervous about this game, but I played some sort of five color deck that I don't know what they were trying to do. I really don't. <laughs> sounds like they um, don't either. <laughs> I saw very few creatures from them. Uh, they they had the the one one where if it dies, it deals one damage.
2: Uh, um, footlight, footlight fiend.
1: That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That red that black. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was the only creature I saw them play, and I checked. Uh, when the game ended, they only had 13 cards left in their library. They had a <laughs> Ill, ill-gotten inheritance, but I also had one, and I dropped mine first. <laughs> so I was way ahead on life. I, I had um, a draft.
2: I kept grabbing enchantment remo- removal, and uh, when I played, I kept killing his ill-gotten inheritance, and he just kept playing new ones every goddamn round. Hate that card. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had a second one that I was waiting to draw, and I didn't end up drawing it by the end of the game. But no, he he wasn't playing any creatures. He uh, played that enchantment uh, that gave my creature minus four, minus zero. But he still only had the one one, so I could still block with it if he chose to attack, which they never did. Uh, and finally, I was just—I finally started drawing into more creatures, putting the pressure on them, and you know, and ended up walking away from that game. I feel like I shouldn't have, but I did.
0: Maybe it was his first draft.
1: (laughs) 13, well, it's quite possible it could be. Um, So I don't want to, I don't that's why I'm not saying things like he's a bad player or he's an idiot and his deck was dumb. I'm saying things like I saw uh, uh, 47 of his cards, or not 47, this is draft. I saw 27 of his cards and I didn't see what he was trying to do. So there well, might have been something to there at the very bottom <laughs> sure. uh, that would have walked away with the game. I just didn't see what it was.
2: Later in the episode, we'll find out Fair that enough. it was me you were drafting against, and I had no idea what right. was going on. <laughs> what a twist! One <laughs> ah. of those good old M. Night Shyamalan podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it turns out Schnell was just yeah. drafting based on card art, and he really liked those.
0: <laughs> well, sweet. You got anything else, Teach?
1: Uh, no, that's about it for me.
0: All right. I, too, have... Uh, had the majority of my time focused on arena, uh, from our little assignment for this week, which I had a blast with. And I've just kind of been going nuts building decks. Uh, in general, I built a, a white weenie deck. Um, I teach and I were talking before we started recording and I was saying how I've, I've noticed a lot more boros decks popping up lately. It's like coming back. Some of them splash black, but I've run into more just strict boros. And, um, so I was kind of inspired. So I went out and I, I built a Boros deck. I built uh, an Is it deck yesterday that I, you know, aptly named Is it Jank with a question mark because you know <laughs> puns and shit. Um, my my Is so it deck, deck was is a lot of fun. Named dumb Is it because I don't like playing Is it, but I had to do blue and red <laughs> stuff for my dailies, and I'm like, fine. Here's your stupid Drake's <laughs> arena. This Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't think I have any Drakes in the deck, um, and I just. It was really fun to play the first time, but then after that, like I ran into three decks in a row where they played Ixalan's Binding and basically locked me out of my Wii Dragonauts, which is part of my combo with Beam Splitter Mage, to just go in and wreck as early and often as possible. So that kind of sucked after that, but it was a it was a fun little goofy build. And uh, you know, maybe I'll throw the deck list in the in the show notes or something. I went and built a black, white vampires deck too, because I've seen a lot of those going around and I got sick of playing against them. So I figured if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, so I did that. Yeah. And then some of the other stuff I've been playing with the, the merfolk deck I talked about, and then obviously the deck that, that I built, uh, for the show today, I haven't, I haven't drafted anything lately. I've just been kind of grinding for dailies and playing in uh free play. So that's kind of been the, uh, uh, extent I suppose of what I have been up to uh lately in Arena. So not really gonna bore you with any other details. Uh, like I said, decklist and stuff I can include include later. I won't go over it all here because that's what we're gonna do for the that's what we're gonna do for the meat of the show here. So uh, we're going to move into discussing the 2019 Challenger decks now, and we're just going to go right down the order that Wizards has on their page here. So we'll go white deck first, red deck, the Golgari deck, and then wrap it up with the Is it deck. And Schnell, um, since you uh, took the decks first listed here, why don't uh, why don't you start us off? Okay, so deck number one is United Assault, the
2: mono white one. Uh, it runs Dauntless Bodyguards, Healyhawk, Hawk, the best card in all of Magic forever. Change my mind. You can't. Uh, <laughs> Sky Marcher Aspirant uh, from Rivals, which uses uh, Ascend the City's Blessing. Which I think the City's Blessing is an underutilized mechanic, so I like that they're still trying to. Show it just a little bit. Before, I love the idea. Before it rotates. Yeah, just bring it out a little bit. And it was a neat idea. And I hope they bring it back like treasure, like the treasure tokens. I hope it becomes a deciduous thing. I doubt they will, but yeah, it, it, it'd be nice to see it pop up from time to time. Just reward people for filling the board because F control players. The, uh, the, the bulk of this deck though, I would have to say is around the, uh, Benelish Marshall and History of Benalia. The Benelish Marshal is a sweet, sweet human knight for three. Uh, it's part of the series from Dominaria where they were three color, three color creatures all from different, like, aspects of the color wheel. So the white one is other creatures you control get plus one. Pretty standard white enchantment, of, or like from the old, uh, white enchantments, honor the pure, stuff like that. Really, really good. History of Benalia is phenomenal and it is. There's a it's a two of in the deck, which is ridiculous. I'm I'm a huge fan of this, but this entire deck just floods the board with creatures, mostly knights, a uh, couple of soldiers, and again the Healy Hawk, the best the best magic card ever. The one thing that was surprising because I've seen this deck run in paper, and I think it was when uh, right after Ravnica Allegiance. Launched like that Ravnica weekend event. The guy who took first at my store was running, or well, actually, his son who took first was running a very, very similar version of this. He did have some blue in there for uh, the detention creature guy, but he was also running a uh, at least three that I saw venerated Luxodon, which I think with this many creatures out on the board, being able to uh, convoke all of them and put plus one plus one counters on all of them just adds to the theme of everybody helping everybody, which it was surprising not to see it, but maybe they felt that that was too much, but it was, li- it's like a dollar rare, I think, right now, last time I checked. But this is a really good deck. This is like almost idiot-proof to run, because it's literally just keep putting out creatures. They help each other or protect each other. You keep turning them sideways and asking your opponent if you won, and if not, you just take another turn. <laughs>
1: Is, so i turned chat off on arena is that a, is that a question you can pose to your opponent did i win <laughs> yeah uh
2: <laughs> i i have this many do i win oh you have a blocker <laughs> how's this look okay uh i'm gonna drop i'm gonna drop two more guys how, how about now <laughs> yeah i guess yeah no. that the that, that math is much bigger than my math so you win but yeah white deck I that think it'll be good is right on. of than my math. Yeah, I would I would swap in Luxodon, <laughs> or venerated Luxodon uh into the list somewhere. Uh, it runs 21 planes based on the curve. The highest cost of anything is the Benelish Marshal at 3 and the History of Benalia also at 3. Technically Conclave Tribunal is a four drop, but it's a convoke spell and you have a billion creatures. So 21 lands is probably safe. You could probably swap like two of the planes out for the Luxodons and get more bang for your buck. So next on the list is Lightning Aggro. This is the one that I uh, received first for my homework assignment because I had most of the cards already. I finished it and started playtesting it. Game one went phenomenal. Red Deck Wins has, has been a thing since the beginning of Magic where it's also sort of idiot-proof, but I respect Red just a little bit more because there's decisions to be made each turn with, okay, do I bolt the creature or do I bolt you directly and let my creature deal with your creature? So at least there's more decisions made because it's all instant effects and you have to kind of plan out, okay, well, two damage on the board over the next three turns if I remove your blocker versus swapping or trading creatures and hitting you directly and hoping to draw. Uh, the downfall of every red deck is just, crap, I ran out of cards. And my opponent is still alive. Um, they try to address that with experimental frenzy, which lets you just top deck for hope, but quicker. I would say <laughs> they they have it paired with runaway steamkin, which I've I've had that uh, in in paper magic and arena. Those two cards out. If you can just not draw land, you win because you just can play out your deck. It's ridiculous. I am very surprised that they didn't have light up the stages in this deck list for how good it is. Uh, and the fact that they're running 22 mountains. One of the issues I ran into um, almost immediately, and this is probably due to uh, the, the opening hand algorithm that arena uses. I was land flooding ridiculously after my first game, the next four that I played, I saw a minimum of seven mountains and it was just a struggle to stay in the game when, when, you're on top deck mode, and you just keep getting mountains. I did have one hilarious game though against a uh, blue-black player, who I could I would draw a mountain, and that would be the one card in my hand, and I would you know swing if he had nothing, or just wait if he if he had a creature on board, and then on the next turn he would play thought erasure and see that I have a mountain, and then kind of probably like swear to himself quietly. <laughs> so the next turn I play the mountain and draw another mountain and sit on the mountain, and then he duress me and got nothing and <laughs> there was that. like three turns in a row of like ah you're wasting your spells because I'm bad at this game <laughs> I love it um, that's but a no, good the, feeling <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fun <laughs> um, but I would yeah for, for tweaks to this one I would definitely add light up the stage which is the red card that every red player has been dreaming of and salivating for for decades without knowing it it is it is breaking every single game that I've seen it come up in. Red card draw
0: with almost no real drawback is godly. It's something that red like hasn't experienced before up to this point, and it is an absolute godsend if you're a red player because it just gives you... Even more speed, basically, for a very cheap price, because red is so easy to cause you know direct damage to an opponent yeah. that you can get it for that cheap cost and just keep going and keep going and keep going. So, yeah, these uh, spectacle cards really just gave red an even faster engine than it had before. Mm-hmm. Plus, when you I
1: really like light up the stage, when
0: you light up the stage with two red open and you
2: you uh, exile two skewer the critics. It is the greatest feeling ever. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, The sideboard options with the uh, lightning aggro. Fight with fire, I've seen main deck in a lot of red deck wins lists. Lightning mare with uh, mono blue tempo becoming more of a thing right now in standard is a good option. Fiery cannonade is just a fantastic pyroclasm, which if you're running any pirates, which this deck does have the one, it is one sided ish because you keep your fanatical firebrand uh diamond bear i think they put in there for a mirror match sort of situation but i don't know diamond bears good i don't even think i would sideboard him in though even with being a one three for two with life gain i think with a mirror match you just want to keep outpacing your opponent but i do like the deck i would cut some of the mountains out of it because 22 is too much for red and drawing that many or drawing more than four means you're probably going to lose the game anyway. But with that, we go to Deadly Discovery, brought to you by Nelson.
0: Yeah, so I built Deadly Discovery, which is interesting because I've been running, before these lists came out, I've been running permutations of it on Arena, which I guess is kind of what they were going for anyway. You know, they're taking um, some of the common builds that people are playing in, in the standard format right now and and rolling with it. So, deadly discovery. This is a Golgari deck. So green and black. It's led by. Th- there's a planeswalker in this one. It's Vraska Relic Seeker. So it's the pirate Vraska. It's not the the guilds Vraska. That's awesome. Or the guilds Vraska. That kind of sucks. So it's it's this deck is built around the explore mechanic. And specifically the synergy that explore has with wild growth walker so you got four merfolk branch walkers which explore once uh you've got four land elves to kind of help with land ramp four wild growth walkers those are uh one threes and whenever a creature enters the battlefield uh, and explores then you get to put a plus one plus one counter on wild growth walker and you gain three life so that goes hand um hand in hand with the jade light ranger which is like Branchwalker on steroids. Uh, there's only two of them in this deck, and that explores twice when it comes in, so you have the opportunity to uh, gain six life uh, from Branchwalker with that. They also run four Seeker Squire, which is the the vampire that explores, so it's a one-two I believe, uh, black vampire that explores once. Runs three Ravenous Chupacabra, which you're going to see in black decks all the time. It's it's targeted creature removal. To so much value for generic and two black, tons of value in this thing. Uh interestingly enough, it does run one Plague Crafter, so that's the 3-2. When it enters the battlefield, um, everybody has to sacrifice a creature and anyone who can't discards a card. So some more removal slash discard there. It runs district guides, which is a a two-two elf scout for three that allows you to search your deck for a, a basic land or a gate, I think. And put it in your hand. Uh, and it also runs three Golgari Fine Broker, which allows you to search when it enters play, you can search your graveyard for a permanent card and put that card into your hand. So the keyword on, on this card is permanent card, because that works insanely well with the only enchantment that's run in this deck, and that's the Eldest Reborn. So this deck runs three Eldest Reborns. I've had a ton of success, which I'll get into in a little bit of a recap here. I kind of nerded out and actually took notes of games I played. Um, (laughs) I I started doing that with the Red Deck, too, when I started playing it. Then I realized most of my notes were
2: nonsense. Like, what?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to keep track of what I was doing to see if, like, Am I going to like this? How can I improve it? You know, whatever. So I'll get into that a little more, but something like Fine Broker that returns, uh, uh, when it enters the battlefield, it returns a permanent card to your hand. Uh, You can pull those Eldest Reborns back again, which is awesome. Because again, that saga, it's a sacrifice creature, a planeswalker, discard a card, and then you get to fish out of any graveyard to pull a creature onto the battlefield in you know, on your side of the board, uh, it also runs uh, four cast downs for removal and two find finalities, so that helps get creatures back from the graveyard. Or it's basically the only board wipe you're going to find if everybody's if your opponent's playing stuff that's got uh, four toughness or less. Uh, and that's one of the things that I didn't really like that it was missing. I thought was was board wipes. Then it runs eight forest and six swamp. Two Memorial defiles, which is the black land that for three, you can tap it and sacrifice it and return a creature from your graveyard. I think, is it to your hand or the battlefield? To your hand. To your hand, yep, 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 to your hand. And then uh, one Overgrown Tomb, uh, four Golgari guild gates, and two Woodland Cemeteries. So one of the things that I would upgrade right away is the mana base, just because... That's six lands that come into the battlefield tapped, and yeah, they give you your choice later. But as I've played with this deck, I've noticed that that slows me down a lot. So I'd be looking for woodland. Ce- um, is it? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean six tap lands. Woodland Cemetery. I was thinking of what's the? There's a black, a black green land from Dominaria that comes into the battlefield tapped. Um, oh, yes, thank you. That's the one. I don't think that's it. Um, no, um, I it's would, something it's like cool. that, though. I would
2: keep in at least one Golgari Guildgate because then there's always the opportunity uh, to, you want, yeah, to the, turn... Yeah, the gates work. Well, no, uh, just so that you always have the option of going turn one, Guildgate, go. Oh, right, and yeah. then
0: you put your opponent out and then your opponent's wondering what you're playing, although <laughs> uh, most gate decks don't have most uh, of, Most Guild of the gates. players in the store
2: do love the alliteration and they will try to Golgari Guildgate, go just because it's...
0: The, <laughs> The most entertaining, (laughs) most entertaining enter yeah beginning of a game. But I I would suggest if you can, uh, the woodland overgrown tombs or woodland and and woodland cemetery. Yeah, that's the good option. Just because you're not shocking yourself to put it into play untapped. As long as you control a forest or swamp, woodland cemetery uh, enters the battlefield. You know, untapped as most lands do. Uh, Sideboard. This thing's got four duress, three golden demise, two crawl harpooner, two argwells bloodfast two reclamation sage and two murder so again even in the sideboard you don't really have board wipes but then again in a green black combination you don't necessarily have straight board wipes you can get a lot of targeted removal uh contempt cast down murder you know whatever but so that's one of the things that as i played through i noticed it was kind of missing and if i just kind of go over the game notes i have here real quick so first i i went through and i played this deck in play mode and in ranked mode so we did some free play and some ranked play Uh, i did play mode first the first game i played against gates which were running hydroid crassus definite clarion so the clarions really hurt my small explorer creatures were finding me a lot of land so when they played and clarion they all had three toughness or less and were wiped immediately And I didn't find any Wild Growth Walkers until turn nine in that game. So I was really, really hurting. I was able to get a second Eldest Reborn out, and then their Knight of uh, Autumn took it out, which sucked. And then, unknowingly to me, this is the first time I ever saw a Gates deck run Banefire. And this dude hit me in the face with a Banefire for 13 because it just (laughs) the game went so long. Nobody won, you know, before that. And all of a sudden he had enough land, obviously, in a Gates deck. Uh, It's all about mana ramp. And he fucking Bane fired me to the face for a 13. Yeah. Was not (laughs) expecting that. So uh, game one was a loss, (laughs) game two was mono red uh i kept a golgari gilgate and a forest on my opening hand and that was the only land i got before i was killed that's how fast this deck went to work (laughs) and i also went four turns in a row without drawing land so that sucks. so mono red is way too way too fast and especially this guy just i don't know how many risk factors he had in his deck but i saw three of them so that sucked that was a that was another quick loss I played well, mono red and that's another thing that keeping the right opening hand
2: with that deck because i've run the paper version of uh like the golgari mid-range thing and you definitely want a wild growth walker and something to start exploring right away just to stay in the game against red because if you can get him up to yep if you exactly before and- the only thing that they have against him is um uh now i'm blanking on it Uh, lava coil but Ah, if you can get it if you can get it up to lava coil range and beyond he is there to stay for the rest of the game and every single thing you drop with explore
0: undoes their stupid lightning bolts right exactly and while you're beefing him up you're gaining your life back which is huge against a red deck that can just do damage straight to face without creatures so yeah the third game was mono red as well this game was a lot closer, but I was able to, just like you were saying, Schnell, I got a Jade Light Ranger to double explore on my wild growth Walker and my opponent, I don't know if they just didn't draw anything or if they weren't playing well, but, uh, they scooped, on, they scooped on turn six. I was pretty surprised. I was able to cast down two Steamkins though. So I, I had two cast downs that Jade Light Ranger and the wild growth Walker, uh, to start and getting rid of the Steamkins early helped keep me alive because they couldn't run anything off the counters. So I did win game three. Uh, Game four was another one of the Boros decks that I set. uh, Well, I thought it was Boros until the end when he threw a swamp out and uh, flashed out a Firelight Fiend. But he had uh, Justice Strikes and Hero of Precinct 1 and Judith and that whole Rakdos thing that's going on right now. When you've got creatures that are 3-2s, you know, when when the power is more than the toughness, justice strike really hurts because it forces your creature to do damage to itself equal to its power. So that's kind of uh, you know the wild growth walker. It's okay because their ass is huge, but the the explorer creatures usually they've got uh, more on the front end than they do on the back. So I got I got smoked in no time. The I couldn't I couldn't go with I couldn't hang with the uh, heroic reinforcements that he kept playing i got hit with two of them in a row and it was just enough to overwhelm me and then the game five i thought was going to be a mirror match but it actually ended up being uh they went green black but they were running the the green black deck with carnage tyrant and vivian reed uh with all the explore cards in it so this guy had two carnage tyrants and a vivian readout in like no time because he was able to ramp with, uh, I forget what he was all ramping with, Llanowar Elves and a few other things. And I just, I, I couldn't do anything about the Carnage Tyrants. And then he was burying creatures with Vivian and uh, lost that one real quick too. So went one and four in free play mode. Then when I played ranked, uh, after... After the levels reset this last time, I haven't played a lot of ranked, so I was playing on Bronze 4 for the tier, the the first tier there is, and uh, the first game I played was uh, Selesnia Tokens, and turn 4, he dumped a Trostani, turn 5, he dumped a Lyra, and I thought, oh god, I'm fucking dead, because then turn 6, he flourished and wiped my entire board, and I took 8 damage from Lyra. Uh, then I managed to misplay Vraska relic seeker. I plus two twoed her to make a pirate instead of minus three to destroy the fucking Lyra. So <laughs> I thought after that, well, great, I've killed myself. Here we go. Uh, but then I was able to use finality as a board wipe and reset the board and he played Shalai into my eldest reborn. So nice. after I wiped, he played Shalai. I got an eldest reborn, killed the Shalai. And then he actually, then he played the conker conclave tribunal on my eldest reborn so i wasn't able to get anything from him uh but i was able to build my board up with wild growth walker and a bunch of explorer creatures and i was able to overwhelm him so he even he he scooped at the end but he did throw out a nice before he did so so (laughs) if that was you you know thanks for being so polite (laughs) um (laughs) game two i played mono blue tempo uh this was the one the the newer version with the Surge Mares and the Terramanders and not like the the miscloaked Herald kind of uh, what you were seeing previously with Mono Blue. Started off with a shitty hand, mulligan into a worse hand, <laughs> I had two guild gates as my land to start. Basically anything that I tried to cast down, he had a Merfolk Trickster and then a Tempest Gin, tried to cast down both of them, he dived down both times, I cast down uh, a lot of people going down. <laughs> um, and then he countered He countered my Golgari Fine Broker, and I was just getting smashed, and I scooped with, like, three life left. I was like, well, this is a complete loss here. So I took the loss on that one. Then I ran into uh, a Boros deck that wasn't just soldiers. They were running vamps, so they had the Adanto Vanguard in this. I ended up losing on that one, too, because heroic uh, reinforcements just flooded me. Again, game four, I played Mono White. And that one I actually started with four lands, a wild growth walker, and a jade light ranger. So my board built out faster than my opponent. He tried to get a Leonin war leader and some angel I hadn't seen before. I forget which one it is, but not one of the common ones. And I cast them both down, and then just I overran him, and he just couldn't do anything about my board. So I won that one. And then game five I played the Rakdos, uh, what is it, firelight fiend or whatever the heck that thing is. Footlight. Or arc footlight. Wait, thank you. Footlight fiend is the one drop that when it dies it pings. Yes, that's the guy. So he was running a lot of that, and then the more the the Judith and uh, I think he had a gutter bones and some stuff in there. Uh, but he his his deck ran way too slow, and I was able to get a bunch of stuff out early. So I don't know if that was just bad drawing or what. So I won that one, and at the end of those five games, I moved up to bronze tier three. So. The deck, is, the deck is fun. I enjoy it. I love the synergy between the Explorer Creatures and the Wild Growth Walker. I think it's very powerful. And I love black playing with black because I've been preaching that since we started this podcast. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that there was no access to direct removal. So one of the things I would splash it with is either white or blue. I would go either Abzan or Saltai. If you go Saltai, then you can throw in things like Hostage Taker and even some counter spells if you want to. I have a, a Saltai version of this deck that I put Hostage Takers and Hydroid Crassuses into because it does give you a little bit of life and some uh, evasion with the flying there. Also card draw. So I like that. And then in the Abzan version, I focus more so on Angels in that version than I do with the salt which is kind of the more of the explore mechanics going on there the the abzan angels deck that i run i've got i run growth chamber guardians in it just for kind of uh, quick creature stuff but also seraph of the scales i run a shalai in that and then i run two ajani adversary of tyrants as well But one thing i like that splashing with white gives you access to is mortify because it allows you then to you know get rid of creatures or enchantments so uh history of benalia which is a huge card in standard it it gets rid of that it gets rid of an eldest reborn if it's played on you i've you know flame of keld i've run into a few times mirari conjecture any of that stuff it it'll it'll wipe it all out um and then i do run night of autumns in that too just so that i've got artifact removal also, it will give me artifact or enchantment, so you get to choose. So so that's nice too. So I do definitely recommend splashing in a third color to this deck. I think it's a great base. It's a great start. There and there's a lot of ways you can go. Me personally, like I said, I would just go blue or white and kind of try to try to get a theme. But I think it's a I think it's a great start and definitely something that would give I think it's a good a good launching point for players who may be newer to the game just because it's an easy way to see synergy that's not like super complex synergy where, uh, I don't know, it's just more of a difficult concept to grasp, I guess. The whole explore thing makes a lot of sense if you're teaching somebody, okay, here's how the stack works, this is what you know enters the battlefield abilities are, so on and so on. I think this is a great deck with a low learning curve that could that could be for uh, a bunch of players and also one that's easily upgradable into a very effective deck. So I like it a lot. I, w- I would recommend it. And uh, with that, Tiege, I will pass it to you to go over Arcane Tempo.
1: Arcane Tempo is the is it deck that is coming out with these challenger decks. Uh, I built this one however long ago. We decided that we were going to take on this project. And, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I'm actually really enjoying this deck quite a bit. Uh, this is a deck that, this is an iteration of, uh, Is It Drakes that we've been seeing forever, which is a deck that I would have built on my own anyway, except I've, uh, I've, uh, up until I built the Arcane Tempo deck, I haven't spent any of the wild cards that I ever got, just because I haven't had any uh need or desire to but i decided to spend a few to build this deck this deck is a uh, uh like i said a, a a take on the is it drakes only they're not running eight drakes they're only running the four drakes uh crackling drake i believe is the one in this yeah crackling yep, Drake. four of the, crackling uh do uh blue blue red red uh when it enters draw card and then its power is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard So, first and foremost, uh, well, let's go through the deck first. So, the deck has uh, Goblin Electromancers, four of them, Instants and Sorceries. You cast, cause one less to cast, uh, which is a good card to have, but through playing the deck um, and just quickly scanning the list here, your Instants and Sorceries only have one generic mana and all of their costs. No cards that are in Sister Sorceries go over the one generic. So, honestly, having more than one Goblin Electromancer out at a time isn't necessary. Um, Unless you're going to be casting... No, even if you're casting more than one spell a turn, it's not going to (laughs) matter. So, I've been pitching those to cards like charter course or uh uh, uh jump start cards where i need to discard things if i have a an electromancer out I'll, I'll toss it and even if i don't uh if i have other things in my hand i don't want to get rid of i'll toss an electromancer uh they're in there because they are a very good card but i don't know if uh, uh i mean four is in there for consistency uh so i guess it has utilities i was going to say don't That might be one you don't need to cut, but I think that one that can actually stay in, because discarding it to Jumpstart or to Charter Course is a good way to go if you don't need it. Uh, This deck has four Crackling Drakes in it, which are all-stars, as anyone who's played Is it Drakes with or against will know. Murmuring Mystic. This deck has two of those in there, uh, and I haven't played very often with the Murmuring Mystic. It's the 1-5 for 3 and a blue. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcerer spell, you get a 1-1 one, one blue bird token. Bird illusions. Bird illusion token, yes. <laughs> They're illusions, father. <laughs> 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 Sorry. The uh, the Murmuring Mystic could be out of place in this deck. And I say that because... I
2: see Murmuring Mystic as sort of an all-or-nothing option for deck construction. It's either right. the theme of the deck or it's not in the deck.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. It seems a little out of place here because this deck doesn't want to overrun the board with tokens. This deck wants to control the board until you get your Drakes out uh, or your Niv-Mizzet out, which we haven't talked about yet. So I'm not impressed with the Murmuring Mystic in this deck. It did help me win a game earlier this Weak, uh, but the, just because a card helps you win a game doesn't necessarily make it a good card. So, uh, not impressed with that one. Uh, this deck has uh, two Niv-Mizzets. Uh, Niv-Mizzet Perrin, which I really enjoy. I probably don't need to go any higher than two, honestly. Five-five that can't be countered. Three blue, three red... Uh, Flying, whenever you draw a card, it deals 1 damage to any target and whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery, you draw a card. Uh, This Niv-Mizzet is hard to get rid of because you can't counter it uh, which means someone is most likely going to spend an instant or sorcery to get rid of it unless they have a Chupacabra which means you are going to get a card off of it regardless and it's going to deal 1 damage to something even if someone plays to remove it. I love Niv-Mizzet in this deck. It's great there. Uh, and then last on the list is 1 Arclight Phoenix. Uh, this is the card that's got all the talk about it. It's it's an all-star in Standard, it's an all-star in Modern. 3-2 Flying Haste at the beginning of combat. On your turn, if you've cast 3 or more instant sorcerer spells this turn, return Light Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, it is a very strong card. The one-of in this deck also seems a little out of place in my opinion. Uh, this this has the same uh, problem with murmuring mystic. This is either uh, uh, this is either a phoenix deck or it's not, because your phoenix is the idea. You need to get a bunch of them in your graveyard as soon as possible, uh, and that's where the discarding comes from with your charter course or your uh, jumpstart cards. And having just the one isn't nearly as much of an impact uh, as having four in there would be. Um, I could see
2: the so, one of as just a way of getting more out because right now, our last I checked, it was still like a twenty-five to thirty dollar mythic. So getting a yes. few more out into the community without completely devaluing it is probably why it shows up in this deck as a one
1: of. Oh, I can no, I can definitely see why it's in there. Yeah, uh,
2: I guess I, I guess would I'm have kind liked to see it the in deck the
1: list talk I... with. What's that? I was going to say I was uh, I was kind of merging the the deck list talk into uh uh changes you would want to make like i definitely know why it's in there it's in there to get more uh arcane phoenixes out into the wild which is a good thing yeah. lower the price on some of them um for the people who want them and for the people who don't want them like if you go pick up the arcane tempo deck and you decide that the phoenix isn't the way to go uh trade that bad boy in uh for a little store credit at your local game store or trade it off to a buddy and get uh, get like $20 or $30 or whatever it's going to be at after these decks come out, worth of other cards that you could use. It's definitely in there for a reason, but strictly speaking for the the deck and the way it plays itself, the one Arclight Phoenix isn't that oppressive. I would
2: have liked to see it in the mono-red deck. I think it would have been a better place fit there, but
0: then you have too much value right yeah it's and the balance goes way off too right
1: anyway moving on uh for sorceries we have charter course which is a great card Two mana to draw two cards and then discard a card unless you've attacked with a creature this turn uh that's just value uh everyone likes value except that one kid at your store he hates <laughs> value yeah uh, isaac
2: isaac hates value <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't want to call him up by name. But Isaac,
2: <laughs> Isaac, if you're listening to this, we're all annoyed by you.
1: <laughs>
2: also, Isaac, thank you for covering the shop that one day when I was gone on vacation.
1: <laughs> yes, was, you're a great friend. He was, he was a good helper. We've got some removal in lava coils, uh, some shocks, a blink of an eye. That's a good garden. Um, those are instants, though, I suppose. Beacon Bolt is in this deck as a one-of. Uh, deals damage to a creature equal to the total number of instant or sorcery cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. I actually forgot this was in the deck, because as much as I've been playing this deck, I've never seen this card. But it's a, it, it's it's a that's fine to have in there. Uh, it scales with the game. Take out a bigger target. Uh, in addition to this, we have some ops, uh, some radical ideas to instant uh, draw a card, and then you can discard to jumpstart it. Shocks, Dive Downs. Dive Down is a card that I always hold onto uh, to use uh, uh, reactively because it gives your creature plus zero, plus three, and hexproof. Never needed to use it, though. But it's in there to save your uh, your Drake or your niv and it's also super cheap to do so. So it definitely synergizes with the deck. Uh, and then this card has one Blink of an Eye. Blink of an Eye is a two-minute instant to return a non-land permanent to its, hand, uh, to its owner's hand. Uh, and for an additional two mana, you can kick it and draw a spell instead. Uh, I love Blink of an Eye. Uh, and I love uh, uh, whatever the Zendikar version was: Into the Royal. Same yes. Same thing. Yes. Uh, I played a lot of Into the Royal when that was in standard. Um, Blink of an Eye is great. The enchantments, there's one enchantment, it's the Mirari Conjecture. I don't think I've ever played this either, although I've seen it in my hand. Uh, it's a saga. Uh, chapter 1 is. Um, Uh, Return an instant from your graveyard to your hand. Chapter 2 is return a sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. And Chapter 3 is until end of turn. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. And you can choose new targets. Again, it's in there because it says instant and sorcery on it. I've never needed to play this game. It costs 5 mana to put this out, which I think is very expensive for what this deck is trying to do. Because you're not going to... um, to get your phoenix out you need to cast three things a turn and if you're spending five of your mana to play an enchantment first you're not going to hit those three spells um doesn't synergize with your mystics or your niv-mizzet because it's an enchantment goblin Electromancer doesn't make it any cheaper crackling drake doesn't benefit from this uh mirari conjecture uh uh, has a home in the deck for some reason that i can't see what it is (laughs) but it's there Sure and then the deck has uh, 22 lands in it, which I think is an okay number with your Goblin Electromancers, uh, which are acting as as pseudo-ramp. But you do have very restrictive mana costs in Crackling Drake, and you do have very restrictive mana costs in Niv-Mizzet. Eight islands, seven mountains, and seven dual lands. Three of them are Sulphur Falls, which is a great thing for this deck. Sulphur Falls are your... your uh, uh, I've always referred to them as buddy lands. They enter tapped unless you control an island or a mountain. They're looking for their buddy. Um, <laughs> I like that. I love I, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I, uh, Do they call those check lands? I've heard them called check lands, too. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, my brain always goes to buddy land. <laughs> like, it's buddy land, and then I think check land, and then I think, no, I like buddy better. <laughs>
2: Make sure you have uh, your buddy.
1: Yep. <laughs> And this deck also has four. Is it Gilgates, which isn't as fun to say as Golgari Gilgate. So, as far as uh, if you're going to do any changes to the main deck, I would recommend pulling the Guildgates in an island and throwing in a, a fourth Sulfur Falls and your four. Is it Shocklands, which I can't think. Uh, Steam vent. I just had it and I lost it again. Yeah, thank you. Steam vents. Basically, there's dual the. The standard right now has got great dual lands. It has all the all the buddy lands, all the check lands, I believe, are in there. Yes, with the Ixalons and the uh, Dominarias. Or was it Core Set?
2: They're Dominaria and Ixalan. They're, the Core okay. Set had uh, basically gates, but without the keyword gate.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, whereas you have a strong argument for keeping Golgari Gilgate in the Golgari deck for Golgari Gilgate Go, the Izzet Best deck does play. not have that. <laughs> So uh, definitely replace those lands with your duel. The lines.
2: only thing I've seen is every time it's opening play, is it guildgate go? Somebody will just go, is it? And then that's it. It's <laughs> not as it's not as fun. It's not as fun. And it's not as fun. Honestly, wordplay is probably the second most important part of Magic deck building. So <laughs> right. I can get behind that.
1: This deck also comes with a sideboard, which I actually haven't played. Any cards from the sideboard yet. But if you love Mirari Conjecture, (laughs) then this sideboard is for you. Because it doubles the amount of Mirari Conjectures in your main deck. For whatever reason. Uh, It's also got some Negates. Negate is a good card. Fiery Cannonade deals 2 damage to each non-pirate creature. Which is uh, uh, a non-bow with your Murmuring Mystic. Because that's going to wipe out all your non-pirate bird illusions. Uh, Stroke is another counterspell in the deck, uh, another Beacon Bolt, and Entrancing Melody. For two blue and X, you can gain control of a creature with converted mana cost of X. So, oh, and Shiv and Fire. Forgot about Shiv and Fire's. Shiv and Fire is a good card, too. Uh, two damage to a creature, uh, for one red. If you kick it for an additional four, it deals four damage to that creature instead. Uh, that card seems expensive uh what with its kicker cost but you know who likes kicker costs goblin electromancer he helps so uh he does uh that's why he's a four of (laughs) right so i haven't actually played with the sideboard at all but um if i do uh i would take out the one marari conjecture uh, and not put that other one in. Um, I would definitely put in the ship and fires and then the gates.
2: Do you think Entrancing Melody is yeah. worth being a one of in the main board? Mono Blue Tempo benefits Maybe? from it a ton in a lot of in a lot of situations. So...
1: Mono Blue Tempo though, right?
0: Right, yeah. And you're playing it... you're playing um Is It here. But and I'm playing Is It, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say I've gotten I've gotten smoked by that more times than I care to admit, where it's I don't know if it's in there as just like a, eh, just in case kind of a piece to people's deck or what, but there have been times where, um you know... And sometimes it's, it's to take a bomb away from you where it, it becomes a bomb for your opponent, but I've also seen it used against gate decks where they'll take... So a, a Colossus might go, you know, the, the 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 Gate Colossus, when it dies, it goes to the graveyard. And when you play a guild gate, you can put it back on top of your deck. So it, it yeah. will either take that to prevent that from happening, or it'll take a Gatebreaker Ram just to get rid of a, you know, potentially 15-15 Vigilance Trample. uh comes over to your side of the board, and, you know, then it's a 2-2 Vigilance Trample if you're not playing Gates or whatever. But um, I've definitely been burned by it before, but typically it's in... Like, like Chanel was just saying, a uh, mono-blue build more so than... I don't know that I've seen it in an it build. Yeah. But that I'm just saying, though, if you're replacing um, the
2: Mirari Conjecture... Uh, Mirari Conjecture being in the 5-drop slot, if you cast Entrancing Melody 4-5 total CMC, you are hitting so many good 3-drops in standard right now. it's Right. Yeah.
1: And that's exactly what I was just going to say, too. Um, looking, looking at this... I would much rather have a one Entrancing Melody in place of one Mirari Conjecture. Because you know who likes X spells? Goblin Electrobancer.
0: <laughs> well, right, and then you can steal things like the... You know, Schnell, you were talking about this earlier, I think when you were going through the, the mono-white deck, those those three-drop rares uh, from Dominaria. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tempest Djinn is played all the time. So for five land instead of a Mirari Conjecture, uh, since you have islands in your, in your mana pool... You can get a Tempest Gin and have it, you know, have a pretty decent power uh, that now you're taking away from your opponent. You could do it with a, a Thorn Lieutenant. If you don't have decent blockers out, take that Thorn Lieutenant. Now you don't have to worry about trying to block it uh, or remove it. You know, take a, a, a Benelish Marshal and get rid of the, the Honor of the Pure power from, you know, from the white deck. So it or definitely... He- for for two blue take the uh two two night made by uh, history of benalia
2: so they can't hit you quite as hard on uh True. chapter three of that saga
0: yeah that's a that's a good point too so yeah i mean if i was deciding between that card and the marari conjecture i think i would look at entrancing melody for sure i just think it's more useful
1: i agree uh that's a good call there chanel yeah, I mean that's that's the deck. That's the that's the sideboard. Um, if you're going to make changes to the deck, it depends uh, what you got to do with it, what you want to do with it. Just looking at it, uh, I think I don't know if I would want to go eight drakes in this deck. Uh, eight seems a little overkill, but I definitely would want to. I think I would either cut uh, the murmuring mystics and the Mirari conjecture for more Arc Light Phoenixes. Or quite possibly cut the phoenixes all together and do eight drakes. I think would be a decent place to... Starts. And
2: Terramander has been uh, cropping up in place of some of the Terramander's Drakes. Terramander has been blowing up lately. Too. Yeah, in, right. In place of some of, it's starting to replace the Drakes in the Drake Drake Is a deck, which is ridiculous, but that card can
0: be oh, is so it? fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Crackling no Drake being restricted. Oh, oh okay. okay, never mind. I'm laughing because I thought you were just trying to be a smartass. <laughs> no, 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 no. I
1: wasn't. I apologize. Uh, I didn't
0: realize that was an actual <laughs> question. Good question, Teach. Good question.
1: <laughs> well, fine. Screw
2: you then. No. Uh, well, because. No, crackling- I can't think. Of because Crackling Drake is is two and two, it is so restrictive versus Terramander turn one. You get it out real quick, then you opt and you dive down to keep it alive and you shock stuff, and then you can uh, adapt it for you know a blue like two turns later.
1: Right, Terramander's a great call I don't think I've ever seen terramander outside of a mono blue deck though honestly or uh, or I shouldn't say that outside of a mono blue deck or a dedicated uh, adapt deck but um, no that I could see I can totally, totally see that fitting in here so yeah maybe maybe uh cutting mystics and your Phoenix and your conjecture to throw some terramanders in I could totally see that too that seems a, uh, that seems like a decent aggressive play right there
0: yeah I like that play too Works well with all the spells in the deck.
1: Um, I'd update, uh, as much as I like Blink of an Eye, there are better, uh, cheaper removal cards um, if you want to go the Phoenix route. Or if you want to go, I guess, Drake route too, you, you want cheaper removal spells to get that power up. But yeah, I mean, uh, update the mana base. Uh, Standard is so good right now with its mana bases. So I, that's going to be my suggestion for every deck that's more than one color: is uh, uh, work on that mana base. Yeah, those but, buddy
0: lands um, come come huge. Those buddy great. lands, even or of even the shock lands. Shock, I mean, shock, um, shock,
2: shock, shocks.
0: Exactly.
2: Everybody. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you said Teej, uh, the deck played pretty well, right? I mean, you had a pretty good streak going.
1: Oh, I'm 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 loving this deck. I really am. Uh, aside from the things that I would take out, because I've never cast mirror Conjecture, so it's never been really a hindrance of uh, to me. And the Murmuring Mystics, I've played because they're there, but it's definitely something that I would I would cut if I was going to upgrade the deck. But overall, I'm 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 really enjoying this deck.
0: Yeah, and I think I think all four decks this year are great. I think I like them even better than the offering from last year. I don't know if you guys remember what they look like or played them much but i managed to get my hands on every deck but the Hazaret aggro deck because that thing was just hot fire i mean that went that
1: thing was hot fire that I, thing
0: just was sold I before may or may anybody not have, got it in stock i may or may not have bought out walmart a couple of times from those yeah, well, you know, it, like like yeah. jerks like jerks do sometimes, and I complain about jerks. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a, it was a really good offering. I thought it was a really cool idea. I'm glad to see them continue to do it, and I'm glad to see them kind of make them make this year's offering even better, uh, in my opinion, than last year's. the The only bummer thing is that with these things coming out in April, is it uh, September ish when the uh, when Ixalan is going to rotate out of standard. October, October, I, October, is I believe, started. is what we October. established. Okay, that's right, October. So, you know, you've only got a few months before you got to worry about replacing any of the cards from that block, but it's a great starting point for new players. It's a great way to get your hands on cards that maybe you don't want to pay for as far as singles are concerned, uh, spe- specifically Arclight Phoenix, right? So you could spend $30 on the single, or if you want to have a bunch of cards you can build around with, then, you know, pay 30 bucks and get get the deck granted by the time the deck releases Arclight phoenix's price will probably go down i don't know how significantly but it will certainly go down once more uh, in the market my my guess it'll it'll settle around 15 bucks a copy that seems reasonable so yeah no i'm i'm glad to see them back i i think this year has a has a great offering and i think that I, I don't know that you could really go wrong with any of them it sounds like the most success so far has come from the mono red and the is it decks which really doesn't surprise me that much considering um you know red deck wins
1: yeah i'm most likely going to pick up a copy of the is it deck and if i wanted a second one i would go for that red deck but i don't need i don't necessarily need two standard decks uh plus my modern deck is already mono red so I kind of want to change it up yet. Uh, uh, so sure. I kind of I don't know what I did there. I think I had a mini stroke. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, all right. You're still here with us. I'm like, are you cutting you.
2: out? Is it a tech issue? Is it a tege issue? What's nope. going on? <laughs> That's, That's just, just his me. brain. <laughs>
1: That's just <tea. laughs> No, I right, uh, cool. this taste purple for a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what smells like blue? <laughs> Uh, Well, is there anything else you guys want to say, you know, in closing here before we totally wrap it up? Um, About the decks or just magic or wizard? Us is
1: an okay movie. Yeah?
0: (laughs) I was thinking more about the Challenger decks, but uh, I really want to go see that because I have heard nothing but glowing reviews about it. I like that Jordan Peele did the goofy, like, look at the dancing, you know, idiot
2: sort of stuff with Key and Peele for a while, just so he can start funding all of his crazy, intense, horror, sci-fi, like, projects. I'm so stoked well, yeah, to see his Twilight he, Zone. It's going to be yeah. doing, awesome. Oh, I'm dying. He's I'm doing the same thing Seth MacFarlane did
1: with, uh, with the Orville.
2: Yeah, True. Where it's True. just like, hey, I'm, I promise to be really, really funny. And then like three episodes in, you're starting to feel emotions for these characters just going, hey, where are the dick jokes? <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There's been some episodes of Orville where like at the end where you just like emotionally drained. And like that's that's the in- ongoing joke in our house. It's just when the episodes are super intense like that, we just quiet- somebody quietly goes, where-, where were the dick
0: jokes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's an emotional roller coaster, ups and downs.
1: Yeah, this past week's one was a good one.
0: Don't spoil it. Sorry, I got it. I won't. I didn't <laughs> say
1: I said it was good. I said it was good. I felt bad. So there you go.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, gonna- if T is feeling feelings, then you know it's a powerful. <laughs> I'm gonna go
2: home tonight and get caught up on it because Thursday nights I monitor Adventure League at the store, and by the mm-hmm. time I get home, I'm usually pretty you know ready to black out and then with friday being an f&m 12 hour day i don't have time and then saturday i have board game night so sunday night is my orville night and if you ruin it i will i don't know not let you have dick jokes
0: either (laughs) he'll kill you (laughs) you can't stop me from dick jokes yeah that's fair so other than it's gonna be very hard for you (laughs) (laughs) i get it i get it i see what you did there Other than other pop culture references, anything else you guys want to say on these Challenger decks? Um, I like what Wizards is doing with this.
2: I'm still I'm still on the fence slash slightly upset, but we'll see with the whole Wizards uh, or WPN store levels going away and being replaced with a sliding gradient. Yeah, because they are most of their most of their business moves lately have been let's let's shift. Any potential blame to the game stores. And it feels like they're devaluing FMs right now with the way that they're not going to be doing just FM promos, it's generic generic promo packs that your game store operator is in charge for like giving out and dealing with. So if you don't get the standard FM experience that you've been looking for, it is their fault, not Wizard's fault, because they keep saying, Well, you know what's best for your customer base. And I go, bitch, I have so many things that I need to keep track of. I can't come up with new prize structure for every single event now throughout the week because you decided that you wanted to benefit some of your giant game stores a little bit more.
0: Yeah. yeah. But we'll see how it goes. Obviously, you have uh, have far more authority to speak on that than either of us do uh, because you, you live it every single day. Yeah, uh, but no, I,
2: I, like I said, I'll, we'll see where it goes. I think the first month of the new system will be very hectic and chaotic. For a lot of the game stores in the area, as they decide for each individual event, do they want to crack the prize packs open and divvy out the cards or just give players entire prize packs based on the event and the, you know, final ranking? And after a month or two, when some of the people start looking at what other stores are doing and what players respond with, because player feedback is always the most important goddamn thing. People assume game store owners have insider information and authority on everything, when in reality, we are. Fancy magic card butlers for you, and we are just trying to do what keeps you happy. You're, uh, we're your bread and butter, and you give us a place to play. So that's true. So give your LGS feedback on what you think the prize pack should be. You know, used for, and don't be greedy jackasses because that doesn't help. Right, I think be you reasonable. Give them all to me because, because the awesome.
0: Yeah, give some good <laughs> feedback. Damn it. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for jumping online and doing this challenger deck preview slash arena version review with me Uh, i had a ton of fun doing it sounds like you guys did too hopefully this gives our listeners a good idea of what's in store uh, in these challenger decks how they play and good ways to improve them Thank you to our listeners for tuning in every single week. You guys make this possible. So make sure that you tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, basically anywhere that you can consume podcasts. Jump online and follow our social networks. Um, We are on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find us at Homebrew Magic. Uh, Until then, hey, guys, don't drink and scry.